Meanwhile, at Manage Comics, coming to you from a secret underground lair, these dedicated heroes discuss the business of comics, industry news, hobby store retail issues, and the latest developments from Manage Comics. They are promoters of comics, champions of small business, and four-color heroes. They are the Manage Comics team. Hey there, welcome to this week's Meanwhile at Manage Comics. And this week we are going to take a quick look at a new article that came out about Manage Comics. Uh, David Harbour at sketch.com wrote a great little piece about what we do, um, the metadata stuff that we've been working on, and kind of some of the sales charge things that are that are going on in the industry. So for the last probably month or so, uh, folks have been talking about the return of sales charts and and you know how sales charts is something that as an industry we need to get back to. Uh, so David, I reached out to him probably close to a year ago to talk about manage comics and discuss kind of some of the things that we do and how we help uh, stores become better. But during that. Um, Kind of back and forth. I also mentioned our metadata project, which is actually taking place today. So we're by the time you see this, we'll have had our gosh, I want to say tenth or eleventh meeting about uh, comic book metadata. Um, Django Boren of Comic Shop Assistant and I are uh, chairs, co-chairs of the metadata formats and standards committees. And basically, what we're trying to do is. Um, clean up the metadata and get it better so that it's not always terrible, I guess this is the, the basic, um, you know, when we had an industry where there was one primary data provider, uh, it wasn't always great, but it was always consistent. And then what happened at some point is, uh, the data became inconsistent and also still terrible. So we're trying to get to a point now where it's consistent and good. Uh, and there's been a lot of huge, huge uh, strides made already in the last, I think we started in May, um, maybe even, maybe in April, but we've, we've made some great strides. And most importantly, uh, there's a dialogue going on and there's a dialogue between publishers, distributors, and uh, software vendors like myself. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. But why don't we jump into a little bit about what David and I talked about. So uh, there'll be a link in the description below, but this is at sketch.com. That's S-K-T-C-H-D.com slash interview slash manage dash comics dash interview. Uh, and you're going to see, you know, a little uh, little graphic at the top that that is... Our new little, uh, we're doing a tweak to our website and this is kind of part of that tweak. So you'll see more of that in the future um, drawn by my partner, Craig. Uh, so yeah, we talked about the evolution of comic shops, metadata and sales charts. And uh, it was a it was kind of a, 
Interesting talk. Uh, one of the things that, that we talked about kind of offline before the, the conversation was that there never really were sales charts in comics. There was uh, sell into charts where the distributors would say, this is how many units were shipped to stores, but there's never really been anything like a book scan or uh, in the record industry, I think it's called chart scan or something like that where they actually knew how many units were selling at the cash register, which is often a very different number, right? So yeah, this, this will actually tell us, you know, in a perfect world, we would be able to know how many units sold at the register versus how many units um, were brought into the store. So for example, a one in 1000 spawn comic that got you a signed spawn was that selling a thousand units or were those numbers inflated to get that 1000, one in 1000 book? Um, I know what my assumption is. Uh, and during the conversation, I said, one of the things that might be even more interesting than sales charts are sub charts. Uh, let's see what the cadence of a subscription is and let's see if, if publishers marketing efforts are actually doing what they're hoping they will do and actually getting more subscribers. Uh, the time that you can actually affect those numbers is not after the book has come into the stores. It's actually three weeks before the book arrives when the final order cutoff happens. And if stores, if, if, sorry, if publishers could see the efforts that their marketing is having on the actual pre-sales of an item, I think that's a more meaningful number than, than just, you know, a sales chart, which tells you after the fact, okay, you know, spawn number 36 sold 80% of the cash register. Uh, the only people that really, really benefits are collectors. It doesn't really benefit anybody else because there's nothing you can do about that information after the fact. So if we could get some sort of pre-sales charts, I think that would, would be a big help to the industry as well. Uh, let's just jump into the actual article. And I'm not going to actually read it word for word. And I'm actually going to tell you when the, the paywall comes. By the way, subscribe. Um, it's not very expensive. I think I pay 60 bucks a year. Um, and I pay $6 a month for much dumber things than than supporting good independent journalism. Uh, Sketch.com has some awesome, awesome articles. And I highly recommend that if you've got a spare 60 bucks lying around that you invest in a subscription to uh, Sketch.com. So we started out just talking about what Managed Comics is. I, I always like these conversations because it really forces me to distill down what it is we do in the, the smallest uh you know, amount of words possible. So in this case, I literally said managed comics is a simple subscription management software that makes it easier for customers to subscribe to their favorite titles and makes it easier for the stores to actually pull those titles, hold them and then sell them. That's what we do in a nutshell. Um, we do it with the, in conjunction with Shopify because Shopify is the best e-commerce platform on the market. Uh, in the back end, they have a very good, robust, and constantly improving point of sale system. Their e-commerce system is improving all the time, uh, just as we looked at last week with our um, with our review of 
Shopify 23, uh, summer, summer editions 23, you know, it's, it's constantly improving. So I like the idea of having a company that is way, way bigger than me. They're a hundred billion dollar company Canadian. So that's, you know, whatever, $750 million or 700, I don't know, 70 million billion dollar, uh, us company. Um, yeah, so the $100 billion company behind us that is putting all kinds of resources into building the best e-commerce platform and that is constantly iterating on it and, and improving it. And sometimes, you know, not every one of their improvements is a, is a massive success, but I think they hit more often than they fail. So um, yeah, in the last year, especially, I've been really impressed with the stuff that they've done. And, you know, it's up to us to just kind of draft off that and make sure that our system is constantly working uh, with their system. So, yeah, uh, David kind of talked a little bit about, practically speaking, what we are. What's nice, unlike anything else, Managed Comics is part of a store's website. So I'm really passionate about the fact that we're not taking you off of your website onto another place to do your subscription management. Your customers aren't having to plug in yet another password. If they have a Shopify shop password that is good on any store, that will work on your store and they're staying on your domain, which means that you can sell them other stuff while they're on your domain. Um, Every one of the Managed Comics customers that comes through becomes part of your mailing list. We're pretty passionate about that. Uh, so, So those are just some examples of, you know, why we do it the way we do it. Plus, Every single product page on your website can become an advertisement advertisement for your subscriptions. So if they go to your Batman 135 listing, there'll be a link right under there, subscribe to this series. So that actually encourages more subscriptions. And that's one of the things we've found from talking to our customers is that shops that use managed comics end up with more subscriptions overall. Uh, David told fun little story about going into his local shop up in Anchorage, Alaska, and they pulled out a yellow pad of paper and wrote down things. There's a massive store in my hometown of London, Ontario, that still does everything with a binder. Like it happens. I actually, I think they probably use index cards and not a binder. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's something that I can't quite understand how shops can still do it in 2023 with the amount of, of times that you have to go back to your orders. Um, but there are places. So, you know, getting shops off of that system is, is something that we want to help out with. Um, so yeah, he asked why a system like this is, is important. I was just talking about the complexity of the industry and how, how much it's changed, uh, multiple distributors. Um, you know, there are, 3,000 product SKUs that we list every month. Uh, a comic can have a hundred covers. Like that stuff's getting increasingly impossible to manage. Um, yeah, I joked about 150 stores that use our system and there's 193 different ways that they use it. And David said, I can't help but notice the second number is bigger than the first. It's just the way it is. Um, so he said, to really simplify what you do, you make re- retailer lives and the lives of their customers easier. I think so. That's kind of our main goal, especially in a multi-distributor 
world. And one of the key things is making sure that a store can invoice their customers, uh, which is a huge thing. I can't wait for the day that Shopify lets us vault credit cards and then you'll just be able to invoice your customer every week and they'll pay their bill. Spoiler alert, with Managed Comics 1.0, we actually had that ability. And to this day, I've I've never actually paid an invoice. I've never gone online to pay an invoice at my former shop, All New Comics. Pete just sends me an invoice every month and it magically gets paid by my credit card. Uh, when my credit card expires, I get an email from the shop saying, your credit card's out of date, please update it. I do. My stuff magically appears at my house. Like I never think about it. It's the true set it and forget it. And I love it. I can't wait until we can offer that to uh, to manage comics too through Shopify. Um, so yeah, then he also mentioned about you know the classic retailer posts with a stack of comics and and that kind of stuff. Um, he had mentioned that it seems like selling into stores would be hard. Uh, so completely transparently 99% of our um, new subscriptions are inbound, meaning that they come to us. We don't do a lot of external marketing. We've done one print ad uh, in the entire time that we've been around. Uh, We did it at Gamma last year. We're probably going to do Gamma this year. Uh, We did um, Comics Pro last year. We'll do that again this year. Uh, so we do talk to shops and things and, and what's nice is it's kind of changed the tenor of our conversations from, you know, this is what managed comics does to there's a lot more. We've heard what managed comics does and, and we're hoping that you can help us out. It's my favorite part of the the job, honestly, is that that folks know about us instead of us having to go in. Um, I do occasional roadshow things, but honestly, those are more to get our branding and stuff out on social media than it is to, uh, to actually convert any stores. We've, I mean, of the 50 or 60 stores that I've physically gone into, I think we've only ever converted like two or three. Uh, but I do know that we get upticks in, in, uh, interest whenever we go out and do store visits. So it's working. Um, it's just not working quite the way that you would expect it to. Uh, so yeah, we talked about a little bit also about how stores adding e-commerce can add a 20 to 50% increase in their, in their sales over pre, uh, e-commerce. And I just said, you know, everybody loves money. Um, then we talked about metadata. So at a high level, metadata is the data we get that describes a product. That's all it really is. Uh, it comes from the publisher and the distributor. We normally get it through the distributor, but we are equipped to take publisher data directly if it was ever uh, if it was ever offered to us. Uh, and I I like to use the Matt Wagner Grendel Devil, Devil by the Deed Masters Edition that was released. I think in like the um, solicitation originally went out in I want to say June it's coming out in October I've got a little bit of a lead time on it so I think I originally saw it in like April just when we were starting all this metadata stuff and my initial thought was okay I want this uh, I read about it I can't remember where bleeding cool or somewhere I want this 
I went to find it on our system um, at my LCS. It wasn't there. I have access to the data. So I pulled up our data backend through Geekfetch, typed it in. It wasn't there. Went to PRH. It was there. I went to Amazon. It was there. So the data exists. We don't have the data. So I reached out to my contact at PRH and she said, yeah, that won't be available kind of on the front end until the catalog solicitation goes out because this is through Dark Horse and I know Dark Horse is with PRH. Um, so yeah, that didn't actually arrive yet like in our system until I, I want to say it was like May or maybe even June before it, it arrived. Similarly with Transformers and uh, Cobra, Commander and Duke, the new Energon Universe books that were released that were announced when Void Rivals number one came out. The day Void Rivals came out, we already had customers wanting to sign up for Transformers. So we added the, the data, but there was no UPC code. And without a UPC code, we can't actually create a product. And the Cobra Commander and Duke UPCs were just given to us like literally two weeks ago. Um, so... Yeah, that's an example of us wanting to have data out at an earlier point, um, but not able to have that necessarily. So um, just realized that I've been making you stare at a, at a screen that's not moving for ages. Um, but yeah, having that, that data is, uh, is important, especially for big things like we know the Transformers is going to be a huge, uh, huge selling book. I, I assume the G.I. Joe stuff will be large selling as well. And if we don't have that information, we run the risk of creating a duplicate item in our system. And then, you know, there's no way to tie those items together. So uh, that's really important for us. Um, okay. So yeah, we talked a little bit more about what the metadata is exactly. Um, like in, in my opinion, the way that we should be building metadata is Title and UPC, which are the bare minimum pieces of, of uh, information we need to create a product. And then we can gradually layer stuff on top of that. So if we've got a cover image, awesome. We'll add the cover image. If we've got a full description, amazing. We'll add that description. But we can layer more and more information on over time. And we can even improve that data over time as we you know hone in on who the creators are, what the cover artists will be what the different covers are. Maybe we start out with just one cover and then by the end of it, we've got, you know, 15. But layering that information on over time is really, really important to kind of generating that pre-order interest. And one of the key things about this is we need to get into the habit of generating pre-order interest when there's interest on the product. And that means that tying the creation of products and systems with the marketing information that's going out. The earlier we get that, the easier it's going to be to, uh, to you know, get subscriptions. So as an example, having the information out there for Transformers right when Void Rivals uh, kicked off, within that first week across the network, we saw 65 subscriptions, uh, pre-orders, sorry, for that book because we didn't have a subscription because we didn't actually know what the series code would be at that time. So... 65 pre-orders with little to no actual like 
solicitation information. The only way people were finding that was by going to their comic store, their LCS, to their managed comics page, typing in Transformers and pre-ordering that book. Now, imagine if we had a little bit more information and could could make that, you know, a little more obvious and, and make a subscription. Um, that's real money that you're you're throwing away with your interest in, in the marketing if you don't have the ability to subscribe to it right then. Uh, we talked about kind of what the information is that's in metadata. So everything's metadata from price, number of pages, weight, height, width, length, units per case, ordering date, final order date, ship date. All those things are individual pieces of metadata. And we track around 90 elements per product right now. Um, we have devised that in uh, divided that into, um, we're calling it three different pieces of, of information. There's essential information, which is literally title and UPC title is permeable. And you can change that around as much as you want. UPC should be locked in stone the moment you announce it. From there, there's about 70 items that we consider core data. And that includes everything from the size, weight, and uh, description of the product to the creators and, you know, the, the categorization of it. How does that get categorized? Even down to like some minutia, like what is the particular content type? Is this going to be original content? Is it a graphic novel? Um, is it original graphic novel, reprint material, etc.? So all those things we consider kind of metadata. And, uh, and then there's um, what we call extended data, which is the stuff that the distributors add. So things like final order cutoff date, um, maybe um, units per case, units for, per box, you know, how, how they're going to package it. Uh, there is other stuff like discount codes and things like that, that are specific to each distributor and are different for each distributor and maybe different for your store based on the distributors, uh, rules around. It. So those pieces are all, um, extended data, which, which we also track. So there's probably an additional on top of the 70, there's an additional like 20, 15 to 20, uh, units, the items that are specific to a distributor. Um, yeah. And then there's also, you know, how do we deal with book market distributors and, and, uh, their information as well. And we're other than penguin random house, we're not even kind of diving into the full book market yet, but at some point we'll need to talk with Simon and Schuster, Hachette, Ingram, and all those folks too, and make sure that we can kind of unify our, uh, our info. Um, so that was kind of all before, the uh the page break and then after the page break we also talked about kind of how it is for or how how they're generating um sales sales data and why it's important to get that metadata layer figured out before we dive into sales data and some of it is like we just need to be able to tie series together better uh an example is like image once they get over nine covers, they have to create a new UPC. So those UPC codes are not intrinsically combined together unless we actually do some math around the, the UPC codes. So um, 
Image is a good example of a publisher that we have to really do a lot of hand massaging right now of the data to make sure that we can track all the units of Transformers, which is probably going to have like, I don't know, 20, 30 covers. We need to track all those covers together as one product. Um, so that's just kind of a, a, a small example. Um, and then he asked, how much extra work is this translating to? And, and so I have actual math numbers because we track all of our hours. So I know that um, the month that image combined or went to lunar, our overall hours that month just for data was 123 hours. On average, we're spending 70 to 80 hours a month just um, updating the data, cleaning the data, uh, massaging the data, if you will, and, and making sure that everything works really well. I would love to take those 70 or 80 hours and, and invest them in developer time, which could make me more money because we'd have cooler products going around. Um, and I don't really want to be massaging data by hand. If you're an individual shop though, I can't imagine how you're doing this on top of your other workload. Like frankly, the data we get is not trustworthy without being massaged. So how does somebody just as a store trust it blindly? Um, I think that is a real struggle right now that, that shops are having. Um, yeah. And he talked a little bit about Patrick Brower from challengers comics and conversation, uh, his conversation with him earlier in the year. And Patrick said like, you know, it's gotten so much harder to manage all of the product information, the multiple shipments that come in, like they literally get a shipment every day of the week now, including Sundays. Um, all that stuff has taken him off the sales floor and put him kind of in more of an administrative role working behind the scenes. And that's not good for selling comics. So, you know, the more we can simplify this stuff for those guys, the better it is. Um, so they talked a little bit about, we talked a little bit about sales charts, uh, and we talked a bit about the comics pro metadata group that we've been working with. Um, so we started back in February when we announced it, there was, uh, I think we, we really kicked it off March. We started kind of figuring out exactly what the individual groups would be April. We kicked off our first meeting. Uh, like I said, we've had, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. We've had, um, 10 meetings so far, uh, this week, our final publishers meeting next week or next month, we're doing a distributors meeting in two weeks. And then we're going to finalize all of our stuff. The intent is to get a metadata dictionary, um, a document that kind of talks about all the individual elements in metadata. And there's one more piece that, that we're, so there's a dictionary document and I can't remember. There's a, there's a third piece. So there'll be three pieces and then that will all contribute to an overall white paper that we're launching as a group in February next year. I believe that in October at New York Comic Con, we're going to kind of preview some of the stuff that we've been working on and, uh, and how it's going to transform the, uh, the industry. So yeah, getting that stuff together. I think, I mean, honestly, in a year, 
having gotten as far as we have, um, and really we've been working on this for, you know, six, seven months, getting as many different players involved as we have, getting consensus from all those players, um, having industry involvement from distributors and publishers has been amazing. And the dialogue that we've had and the fact that uh, communication channels are open and, and like if we have problems with the data, there's actually individual people that we can reach out to now. So for example, um, Penguin Random House's Marvel information is missing the number signs in front of stuff. So we reached out to our contact at Marvel and said, hey, this stuff coming in from PRH is actually fundamentally different than the way that all the other data is. And there's no good way of just jamming in a, a number sign in front of things because then you'd get things like X-Men number sign 2099, number sign one, um, which would not be great. There's there's all kinds of incidents like that. There was a cyber cyberpunk uh whatever that is 3044 or whatever so we can't just programmatically do it we really need that data to come in like that from marvel um or else we risk you know really screwing up our our data and requiring a lot of hand massaging so we reached out to them they're looking into making sure that that's okay uh, and if it is they'll just you know make that happen so we haven't we've been trying not to ask for favors like that kind of outside of the group um, just because we want like one big ask at the end of it. We don't want a bunch of little mini asks and, and getting fatigue from all the things we're asking. Um, the things that we're doing are going to push the industry forward and make things better. So yeah. And then we talked a little bit about sales charts and how we could build sales charts and, and what that would look like. Um, but then there's also, you know, like I, I mentioned pre-sales charts or, or subscription charts, what do those look like and how do those change? Um, the, you know, month to month sales charts with Batman dominating them pretty much every month forever is cool. But what about like a sales velocity chart that tells you that Transformers is on the rise and kind of peaked in, let's say mid August, right? Which may or may not coincide with when the marketing pushes happened in, in mid-August. I don't know. I'm just making that one up. But that to me would be interesting from a publisher standpoint, because as a publisher, I would know how to turn those levers and take advantage of my marketing dollars. Um, as a retailer, it might be really, really important for me to see pre-sales numbers in other stores so that I can figure out whether or not I want to push those same books in my store. And Pre-sale numbers are going to be wildly different from store to store and geographic region to geographic region. But there might be some benefit in that too. Like if, for example, SourcePoint is doing really, really well in Michigan, you can look at why SourcePoint Press is doing really well in Mich Michigan. Maybe it's because they've got like a massive presence at a bunch of cons. And so does that kind of thing translate into um, more pre-sales and, and a faster pre-sale velocity than, than, you know, not doing cons in a specific geographical region. Um, just things like coming up with off the top of my head, putting on a little bit of my marketing brain and my comics guy brain together. So yeah, we just kind of talked a bunch about that. It's a, it's a good, long, beefy article. Um, if you have a subscription to sketch.com, highly recommend you, you look at it. Even if you don't, you'll see like the first half of it. And I think there's some value you can get out of that as well. Um, but 
yeah, that's that's my highest recommendation this week. Uh, check out sketch.com. Next week, we are going to do our email, um, our email uh, outline that I was going to do. So using Shopify email, um, I've been putting that together kind of behind the scenes and, and building out exactly what that's going to look like. I've already heard from a couple of folks that they've used uh, the metadata information that, that was in last um, podcast. So my podcast, the last Meanwhile at Managed Comics. So my kind of intent for these is to always provide some sort of value that is tangible. And I'm hoping that that is tangible value. For this week's tangible value, um, I hope it gets folks thinking about the benefits of sales charts and pre-sales charts. And like I said, like a pre-order sales velocity chart. I think there's huge value to that kind of thing. And uh, hopefully I'm not alone in that. That's going to do it for this week. In the meantime and in between times, keep managing those comics. See you next week, folks. (laughs) 